This is the Get Up Eight Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgson. About 11 years ago, I purchased my home. I had a couple weeks to paint it and redo the floors, but I also needed some electrical work done. The previous owners had a natural gas dryer, but mine was electric, so I needed to call somebody in. And so when the electrician came into the house, he noticed that I had some older circuits known as knob and tube. And I'm not familiar really with any electrical codes, but all he said to me was that those had to be removed. That was just part of the new code. So between getting the house ready and the impending move-in and now this additional electric work, I was really stressed out. I was thinking that this was going to be another two to three grand alone just for the, the replacement of the circuits. I had no idea. Fortunately, the electrician went through the circuit breaker and found only three of those older circuits that needed to be disconnected and rewired with the proper uh, wiring that was required per code. All said and done, his cost was very reasonable on top of wiring up the new dryer. Hey everyone, this is Eric Hodgson and welcome back to the Get Up 8 podcast where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life and we find unique ways for you to build resilience, to not just survive those struggles, but to thrive because of them. I chose this topic specifically because struggle and resilience are present in all aspects of our lives, including home ownership. As most of you know, there are times when the shit hits the fan at home and things break and you have to respond to it. And as most of us do, we work a day job to where this work needs to be done either by someone else, um, but also when you're at home, which means that we may lose hours at work. Uh, we may not know the person that's coming into our home. We have to be available or choose up time on the weekends if they have to come in then. And for most of us, we do need someone to come in and do the work for us. So I met my guest today, Josh Page, earlier this year via Nick Davis, who, if you remember, was my guest on episode eight a few weeks ago. But Josh and Nick were at a leadership conference that I also attended in Tampa, Florida a couple weeks ago. And and I'm amped today, pun intended, uh, to have Josh with us today. Aside from owning a couple companies, Josh is a husband and a father and a really great leader. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No worries, brother. No worries. I'm glad you're here. One of the things that you and I were talking about before this, and we're going to get into this again, but one of the things you and I were talking about was, you know, how do we make those connections when it feels like uh, people don't want to make connections? So if you could take a couple minutes and kind of tell us your story uh, of of how you got to where you are today, and and uh, I'd love to start with that, and then we can, we can go from there. Sure. So I graduated high school, went right into the trades. Um uh, got my apprenticeship from a, a large company. Then I became a journeyman. Um, I shortly thereafter went to get my master electrician's license <clears throat> and ended up teaching uh, 30 apprentices, uh, apprentices in that in that company. Mm-hmm. And then there became a time that I, I wanted to start my own company. I wanted to either become a foreman or, or a project manager or, or something to that effect. And the opportunity really wasn't there. Mm. Um, and during my master's class, one of the teachers said was to find a niche business, something that nobody was really doing. 
and he brought up the the notion of infrared testing. Mm. So I started looking into that, and um, uh, 2007, I, I was able to pass my master electrician's exam. I was able to get married to the love of my life, Lindsay, <laughs> and then later on that year, I started my own infrared company, um, and I was doing it on the side after work. Um, I would be taking phone calls and answering phone calls and returning voicemails in the stinkiest, <laughs> hottest porta potties I could find on the job site. And uh, it was gross and disgusting, but it was the only place that I could find that was private to call these these <laughs> clients back. Um, and at the end of the, the work day, I would, I would get in my truck and I'd go to the, the closest McDonald's into their one stall bathroom and I would change out of my dirty, muddy work gear uh-huh. and I'd get into my polo and my khaki pants and, and my nice shoes and, and, and I'd go and, and, and to that client's house. Okay. So I called it the my Superman. I knew every McDonald's in the area and every single bathroom and what they had to offer for me to, have, to get changed. Did they have phone booths at the time that <laughs> no, you could have used instead no, of porta potties? I probably should have. You know, the uh, the porta potties were at least 120 degrees. You know, oh. uh, and they were uh, pretty ripe. But um, so I did that. Um, so that was 2007. I got started in 2009. My my first son Ashton was born, mm. and a month later I went to New Mexico to get trained on equine thermography, uh, which is with horses. And uh, so, can it, you tell us a little bit about what this, what that, what the equine thermography consists of? Yeah. So the so the infrared is is a, is a, a light spectrum wavelength, like a microwave or an X ray. Okay. Uh, infrared is is what we can't see with our own eyes, but a certain camera can, and it can detect heat signatures. Okay. And also cold. So so with the horses, we would do saddle fittings and uh, hoof and balance, mm. and we would locate the hot spots and the cold spots on the horses. In houses, we could see air infiltration and water intrusion. And on electrical systems, we could see hot spots of bad breakers or failing fuses or Mm. or loose connections, whatever it may be. Um, So I did that, uh, again, uh, part-time for about another year. In 2010, I said, you know what? I really really want to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. So Memorial Day weekend, I was camping with my my in-laws and my wife's family. And and talking to them if I should quit or not. Yeah. And and I, I came to the conclusion that this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out on my own. And at that point, I had a one year old son. Mm-hmm. I had uh you know a couple years with my wife. Yeah. I had a new house uh-huh. and uh, a good paying job, full vacation, full benefits, and seven hundred and fifty dollars in the bank. Mm. And I quit. Yeah. I gave my two weeks notice and I left. Wow. And at that point, it was survival mode. There was no turning back. Right. I had to make those phone calls. Yeah. I was putting my websites out there, my logo on anything and everything that I could wear or uh-huh. someone else could wear yeah. or any vehicles. Mm. Um, and, and I hit the ground running. Nice. Um, so a few months later, you know, we're, we're starting to get into essentially handyman work because of the um, home energy audits I was doing with the infrared camera. Yeah, we would yeah. find problems. The homeowners would want us to fix them. Mm-hmm. We started getting into foreclosures mm-hmm. and doing foreclosure work. And uh, that was a different animal. We would get paid to legally break into people's houses that f- were foreclosed on yeah, for the yeah, banks. Yeah. And we would change doorknobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would board up windows, clean yeah. out trash. Yeah. And then about six months later, um, while I was utilizing a Home Depot shop vac bucket, (laughs) 
and I was vacuuming out six-month-old diarrhea, oh. um, it dawned on me that I'm a master electrician. Yeah. What the hell am I doing right now? Wow. And But at that point, it was AFAB. It was anything for a buck. Yeah. I, I, I could not fail my family. Mm-hmm. I had to push through it. Yeah. Um, a few months later, I... I Ended up stopping doing that and went to work for a small electrical contractor for two months um, because, like I said, I was a master electrician and and it's really not what I should have been doing. Right. Um, two months after that was 2011, the the Halloween nor'easter up in Central Mass where thousands of people lost power. Right. I was getting phone calls to do generators and I said, "That's it. I'm I'm done. I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my own electrical business." Nice. So November 2011, I got started by myself. A few months later, um, I hired an apprentice Mm -hmm. and then electricians. And um, here we are now, 2018, um, where I own three electrical companies. Two of them were purchased. One in 2015 was a 61-year-old company. And in 2017 was a 33-year-old company. And we have 16 employees now, 12 vehicles. And we'll be pushing over $3 million in sales by the end of this year. Wow. And, uh, you know, looking back on where I've come from and, and where I am today and, yeah. you know, pushing forward to the future, yes. you, you you just got to go. You, yeah. you just got to move forward. There There is no plan B. You yeah. just move forward. Right. I, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that, Josh. Cause Absolutely. It's, it's really important that uh, that we see that, you know, things come at us in life and it doesn't have to be related to losing a loved one. You know, struggles and challenges, we are faced with those daily and and sometimes they're big like this. And you did literally receive a tap on the shoulder to 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 step away from the uh, the, the you know the the good paying job with the benefits and all that because you felt like you should be doing something different. And you answered that, but yet you didn't you didn't waver from that vision that you were making of the world that didn't yet exist, meaning you knew you wanted to create your own thing. You knew you wanted to be a master electrician Absolutely. and actually do that work. So, so uh, thank you for, sh- for sharing that because it's, it's really, uh, it's really something that I think a lot of people uh, uh, like myself, every once in a while we struggle with that, you know, that's hard to kind of see that vision of something that you're working towards exactly because you just think it's so far away from you. Mm-hmm. And and as you get started with this business, uh, you know, and, and I think any business, and and I think as a homeowner, I see this too, is that um, you know, whenever I need something done in my home today, you know, I've been in my house for eleven years, but every time I need some work done in my home, uh, I have to call somebody. I I can do little things, but I couldn't, you know, repipe a you know my a sink, or I couldn't, you know, fix a circuit breaker. I wouldn't want to even touch the the circuit breaker I have in the house. It's just it's all you know spaghetti to me. But uh, but when I do make that contact with a contractor to come in and do some work, I feel like both parties kind of start out with this guard up, where. Yep. You know, I, I need to get something done, but I'm afraid as a homeowner that it's going to cost me thousands of dollars because either A, this person's going to try to rip me off or B, um, they're going to tell me something that uh, like give me a ballpark or a, an estimate or whatever. And 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 I'm going to hold them to that because that's what they're telling me. Um, or there's just any unforeseen, maybe I don't trust 
contractors because I've been burned in the past. Absolutely. But I also feel like it, it, it's also uh, there's that trust gap on the contractor side. And yep. not so much they look they you guys want to connect with us as much as we want to connect with you, but we're so focused on this transactional process that we've gotten used to that's the problem right there there's the problem right there <clears throat> we're so focused on that transactional process that we're not connecting with people, so our that's our that's why our guards are up immediately and how often do you run into that whenever you're working with potential customers well all the time i mean you, you said it you know that you're used to the transactional process but i'm a human being as well my right. my title might be an electrician or or a police officer his title is cop or police officer he's still you know i'm still a husband i'm still a father right. you know we're still human beings right. um and and this is really why I think we've been so successful in the last couple of years is because our mission statement in this company is to provide our customers with the best electrical experience possible. Mm. Because when we first got started out, I would I, when I showed up at the house, they'd say, oh, you actually showed up. Oh, you actually clean up after yourselves? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for answering the phone or thank you so much mm. for answering your email. Right. And and in this industry of electricians or really tradesmen, plumbers, anything, I, I feel like we got such a bad rep mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if that's self-induced or or you know, there there really is some bad people in the contractor world. But I think there's I think there's uh, in any industry, uh there may be people that are not so uh, ethical about the way they do practice. Absolutely. But I think that has been perpetuated through other means. Not every, like, this, it's, it's, it's whether it's through the media, through, um, you know, magazines, uh, or, you know, people complaining about having a bad experience with a, with a contractor and whatever way it, it's going to happen, but not everybody is like that. Yes. In fact, there's probably more, tradesmen and and contractors that are out there for the good of their the people that they serve than there are that aren't so well well the other issue too is that that at the end of the day we're 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 tradespeople tradesmen tradeswomen whatever it may be and and then we some of us become owners and and we're masters at our craft we're masters at being electricians or plumbers or carpenters or whatever it may be but sometimes we might not know how to run a business or we might not know customer service, but we know right. how to install a circuit breaker, right. but we might not know how to answer the phone. Right. You know, and that's that was one of my biggest missions coming into this business and, mm-hmm. and pushing it to our customers is, you know, I, I don't really answer the phone when I'm when I'm out driving because I, I don't think it's very respectable to to the other person on the other line where my mind's on driving, not on them. Right. Then you've got the window open in the background with all the wind, you know, making noise and everything else. So, right. you know, just little things like that. But in my company where we're we've set it up so that way there's a live person that answers our phone calls mm. all day long. Nice. Even at two AM we have an answering service. Nice. And that's not for me, that's for the customers. Right. Because when I want it, when, you know, I'm an electrician. So when I call a plumber, I don't want to talk to an answering service. I don't want them to answer and say, you know, so-and-so plumbing. Oh, let me give you a call back when I have service. You know, I I don't want that. I mean, if, especially if we have an emergency, you're going to need someone right then and there. And on the flip side for the, for the tradesmen, for the, for the, for the companies, you just gave that customer another reason to hang up and find somebody else. Yeah. So if you can't professionally answer your phones or emails, right. you just lost that client. Right. So, but for you, you said you have a, an answering service. Absolutely. But 
But this is an answering service, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if I call and say, I've got something going on, that answering service pings you immediately and says, so-and-so has X going on. And what for whatever, however you have that set up, you'll you'll return that phone call, even though it's an answering service at two o'clock in the morning. You're like, we're not robots. We have to have, yeah, right. We everyone's have to sleep. <laughs> everyone's got to sleep. So, but when, but when stuff like that comes in, uh, is that, is that pretty much how it's handled? So regardless if it's an emergency or normal call, we get an email with all the customer's information and what they were looking for. Okay. But also if it's an emergency, they will physically call the on-call electrician that electrician will then call that homeowner right then and there you know so it you know kind of going back to just customer service but again the 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 providing the customer the best electrical experience possible Mm -hmm. is because anybody that's an electrician can install an outlet can install a switch can put up a light right but why do they call us Mm -hmm. because we're trying to trying to provide them with an experience right you know where again we answer the phone or we know it's their dog's birthday or (laughs) you know their kid or we we don't do it as much now but we used to provide coloring books uh electrical safety coloring books for the kids during estimates so that way the kids could be entertained and learn and and the parents could actually have you know exactly exactly i I love how you're finding ways to connect with the customers um and i know that can be a challenge too again Mm -hmm. because when we're when we're talking with contractors that uh you know that that we need them come in even if it's for emergency service even if it's something to come in for and install 125 dollar at you know uh in terms of labor and and parts for an outlet it's something that a lot of times you think, oh, I just got to get it done. I don't really care. I don't want to talk to anybody. But connection for you, it sounds like it's super important. And it's not so much to make the connection to earn the business. It's more about making the connection to build the relationship. Absolutely. Is that, is that absolutely you, very cool? We have we have signs all over our office that our customers are are relationships and not transaction driven. Oh, that's awesome. I, I I don't want the one phone call and then we never get a phone call again. I yeah. want to build that relationship. I want to know more about you. I want to take care of you because we want to depend on you just as much as you want to depend on us. Right. You know, the phone goes both ways, but if the yeah. phone doesn't ring to us, then we're out of business. Right, but right. when it does ring, yeah. we have that responsibility yeah. to answer it and to get what you you need done. Right. That's what we're there for. Right. And, you know? and I think a lot of people forget, uh, and I, I needed to be reminded of this too, that um, business isn't just business. Business is personal. And if you don't have that connection, then uh, you're, you're, you're missing out, I think, on, on some of the benefits that may even come to you in this relationship. You know, um, there's a gentleman that that we train under Scott Mann, and Scott is a former Green Beret, and he would go over and he spent some time in uh, on several tours in Afghanistan. And one thing he mentioned to us, uh, at least I think on one of his podcasts, was that if if he were to walk into a village and just try to conduct a transaction with one of the villagers, they would shoot him before he even left the village, before he got his last word out. Yeah, because that's not the way that that we are wired to communicate we are wired for relationship we are wired for connection and yet we're kind of going against mother nature when we go and we try to connect with somebody on a transactional basis which walls go up this is why we see a lot more fences than we do front doors these days absolutely Um, uh you know it's it's we are wired for that connection and when 
I have a a, a deeper connection with a, a potential contractor that comes into my house. I'm more willing to do business with that person because I'm building trust, which is so depleted in our in our world these days that that we need to kind of turn shift that and. And I think a great way of doing that is starting with the people that we we do business with. Again, making it personal to a certain degree. I mean, you're not going to sit down with somebody and you know and tell them, you know, when I was five years old, I you know I used to ride a wagon down a hill and I crashed. <laughs> you know, that that's not really connection. But but if uh, I know that if I'm going to be doing some work with a potential contractor, I'm going to want to know a little bit more about their background. Um, I gave an example earlier of going uh, when I I had um, I live in an older house and because of that uh, I I was kind of done with having those window air conditioning units that just are not only ugly but they they just uh, you know they don't really handle humidity so I said forget it I'm going to get myself a new uh, I'm going to get myself a central air conditioning system. And a company, I had spoken to a couple companies on the phone. They were handling things on a very transactional basis. All right, when do you want me to come out? Here's the quote. Let us know if you want to do it. And that was the end of it. Yeah. But another company came out that they, that not only wasn't just the sales rep, but it was also an engineer who wanted to get to know the house intimately, at least for the time that they were there, so that at the end of the day, when I got that quote, it was going to be pretty much on par with what needed to happen. And, and there wasn't going to be any surprises. And, um, I think that's one of the reasons why, and uh, by the way, I went ahead and, and did business with that company, even though it was a little bit more expensive, that connection with that company, the fact that they took the time to care about my home, uh, made the difference in me making that decision. Yep. And I know that from uh you know from your perspective sometimes there's this lingo and we talked about this a little bit earlier too where there's you know you can what what are the four things again you can ballpark so ballpark yep. estimate yep. quote and proposal. Uh and there's a vastly those are vastly different. Absolutely. But what's your experience with each with each of those whenever it comes to dealing with Well, when we go out on site, you know, at the, at the forefront of everybody's mind is how much is this going to cost me? How much is this going to hit my pocketbook? You know, and, and that's the first question that comes out before we can even meet them, before we can even tell them our name. You know, it, it always comes into play is how much is this going to cost me? And, you know, we're in business to make money. Yes, but we're, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm, I'm, you called, I'm here because I want to solve a problem. Right. You know, I want to provide you a solution and that's how I look at everything. So if your circuit breaker failed and now you can't watch the Super Bowl because your TV's out, well, I'm not going to sell you a circuit breaker, but let's solve this problem. Let's install a new circuit breaker to get this, you know, circuit running. Right. Um, But on the, on the bigger projects, you know, we always get the, oh, can you just, give me a ballpark. Uh, you know, how much do you think it's going to cost? Now, let's just use a, a round number of $500. If sure. I said it's going to cost $500, yeah. but then once I actually sat down at my desk, went through our material numbers, went through our labor numbers, and that really came up to maybe $850. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I become the bad guy mm-hmm. because we're not going to do it for $500. Because it's just a ballpark. Exactly. But any figure that, that in my experience, I tell a homeowner that any figure 
that that that's concrete you know that that's that's the figure that's in their head okay it's going to cost me five hundred dollars and that's it right so you know we we try to educate the the homeowners you know a ballpark is is literally that you've got to imagine you're at home plate throwing a baseball in the air and taking a swing with a bat and wherever that ball lands that's considered a ballpark (laughs) you know that's exactly what that figure is i'm just throwing it out there right you know a true a true quote or a true proposal is the number now if that number to me says five hundred dollars and and even if it costs me more that's five hundred dollars that's concrete that's what you that's exactly exactly an estimate is kind of like a ballpark as well you know Mm -hmm. we're just estimating you know it's just it's just throwing a number out there but if you wanted a a true number for that project then it's going to take us some time right you know and and you know based on those relationships you know we, we we don't want the or contractors, I, I I would assume we don't really want the the transactions. We you know we want the relationships, mm-hmm. or at least in my company, we yeah. want those relationships again. So I count on you just as much as you count on me. Right, right. And not saying that that we don't we know we're not going to be bid against with other companies sure. because you know our price might be higher than than someone else. But right. I hope to present to our customers the best electrical experience possible. Sure answering those phone calls, going back for warranty issues. If we mess up, then we mess up and we own it. Cleaning up after ourselves is huge. I I can't tell you the amount of times that someone has said, you're an electrician and you actually clean up after yourself. (laughs) And to me, I was always taught by my electrical instructor back in high school, you are to clean up better than when you arrived. Mm. So if that means that you're sweeping up dog hair or whatever else that's in that room, then so be it. But you don't even want the person to know that you are in that room. Right. You know, and and at the end of the day, that's the way we should be treating our customers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about trust and, and, you know, the, the, the trust depleted society and, and it goes both ways of the, of the contractors and the homeowners not having trust. One of those companies that I purchased was a 61-year-old electrical company. Mm-hmm. And I was going through the drawers just just two weeks ago because I still haven't cleaned out a lot of it. And I must have found over 100 house keys with wow. the actual label on it, 123 Main Street, you know, That's whatever, scary. Crystal Residence <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. So back then... They would give you the house key to have wow. you work on their house. Yeah. It, they trusted you. They, yeah. you know, okay, no problem. You, you know why though? And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I believe it's because there was a relationship there that was either established uh, or they, it was something that uh, trust was built between the two people before they did the transaction. They built the relationship before the transaction. Exactly. And, and we're starting to see that depletion of that in these times and it's even going further that way but it it almost sounds like uh you know as you're going through this new this business that uh uh you know paperwork and and keys that you want to restore that that type of connection absolutely with, with customers and you said something a little bit earlier that i thought was pretty it was really cool was that you know you you take care of the customer 
you know, when you go into their home based on what you've learned. Uh, my parents just had some work done on, a house, on their house up in Maine. And uh, it was the third time that they've had somebody that's worked on this particular sunroom. They had to get rid of uh, some, some sunlights and all that. So they had to redo the entire roof. The company that came in, the contractor, even though it was contracted through their condominium association, um, they took so they took more than what they estimated in terms of time to to get that done. Um, how do you how do you deal with that as a company? Let's say, for example, like you say, okay, look, it's going to be ten thousand bucks for me to wire up your house here, this house that you're building. Um, you know, but then after all the work is done, it's more of a you know, it's fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. Um, how do you handle those adjustments when they have to when or or do you? I, I'm just curious. And- so a quote or a proposal or an estimate, all those things, even even if we try to figure out the correct material and the correct labor, mm-hmm. it's all a guess, right? I mean, right, it, right. we're we're looking at it on based on past history. Right. We're we're looking at it based on our gut, on mm-hmm. how long we think it's going to take, on yeah. how lo- how much material we think it's going to take. It's all a guess. It really is. Right. But for us, if we write down a figure, mm-hmm. then that's our figure. I mean, certain things could happen if, you know, someone else wants, oh, let's add three more lights. Well, obviously there's going to be cost to that. Right. But if, if we, if we priced it based on a set of plans, then that's what our price is based on the set of plans. Mm-hmm. Anything above and beyond that, yeah. then you would charge extra. Um, service work is a little different because we don't have x-ray vision. We can't see into the walls, right. you know, so sometimes things like that will take a little bit longer. Sure. But we we try to honor it as much as possible. If we sure. said it was going to take X Y Z and cost this, yeah. then that's what it is. Right. Um, but in the end, we're just really good guessers. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, we're trained guessers on right. on how long things are supposed to take. And I think that when you have a transaction only relationship, and I'm I'm going to get deeper on this, but that raises the 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 gap or increases the gap between you and that person tenfold. Absolutely. But if you, I, I believe that if you have a, a deeper relationship with the person, it's just like if you are um, uh, you know, anything else that kind of comes at you in life where you're expecting an outcome and uh, it isn't the outcome that you expected. It's actually something that you had to adjust to as well that that you, you don't just accept it, but you kind of go with the flow and understand that, okay, look, there's going to be, there's going to be. Uh, there's a possibility of this not going the way that I expected it to, and it's going to wind up here, and it's actually going to be different than what uh, the outcome. Well, look at me. I, I was working for a, a big electrical company, making decent money, had full health insurance, full benefits, everything, mm-hmm. and within six months, I'm vacuuming crap out of a toilet. <laughs> you know, I never thought I would do job, that. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, I never thought I would do that. But right. it's it's the things that you get hit in with life, and either you're gonna you're gonna let it take you and fail, right. or you're gonna move past it. Right. You know, and right. that's what you have to do. There is yeah. no other option. You right. just continue moving forward. Right, right. And and uh, have there been any instances as in your in your time since you've been working where um, you've been so challenged from like uh, how am I ever going to get through this to where you managed to work your way through it uh, and and you came out actually better than you expected? I don't really know. I mean, other than the fact that just you know I didn't have. 
um, a mentor to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, my my father's not an electrician, and I I don't talk to him, and that's a, a whole other uh, podcast that we could talk about. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have anyone to look up to. My family is not in business. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I, I I didn't go to college. I went straight to uh, from uh, a vocational school into the workforce. Yeah. So I think just just going through life and just you know like I said there just is no other option I mean my yeah. my drive was just you know survival and taking care of my mm-hmm. family right. and and I knew I wanted to be successful I knew I and it's not money driven right um it just there was this just this drive just internal passion in me to just continue moving forward yeah. and to make something of myself yeah. um so I, again, I, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't. I, I didn't have someone to look up to. But mm. it's it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. It's a lot of oh shit, that doesn't work. Right. I won't do that again. Right. Um, let's try this. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and the and the further along that I that I've gone in my career, I I do start to look up to other people. Mm-hmm. I read a ton. Um. And and I watch. I watch a lot. Um, even when I was in construction, I would, I would find myself just staring at the sheet rockers, the way that they smoothed the mud over and put the tape yeah. and just made these bumpy walls perfectly smooth. Yeah. And I, I would never touch it on site, but then I'd go back to my house and doing construction and I could do it just uh, by watching nice. them. Yeah. So I watch everybody. I, I'm the guy in the party that's on the side, just, just <laughs> Just watching the whole room. I might not talk much, but I listen to everything that's going on. If you guys ever meet Josh, this dude towers over everybody physically anyway. He's what, like 6'10"? I don't know. I mean, the guy's like, he had that duck coming through a doorway in my house here, but uh, but go ahead, man. No, it, it's just, uh, you know, and, you know I, I just watch a lot. And, and I think if you watch... If you watch other people's mistakes and you know what to do or what not to do, yeah. you know, and, and, and you said something that was really cool is that it's in, it's almost instinctual that, you know, the drive that we as humans, we are wired to survive as much as we're wired to connect with other people, as much as we're wired for relationships, we are wired to survive. But survival um, and even with people that have gone through the loss of a loved one uh, or dealing with deep challenges Survival mode is meant to be temporary, but a lot of people tend to stay there. They stay there because uh, of fear. They stay there because of of um, uh, something isn't uh, is is sorry blocking their way. Wait, maybe it's just a replay of whatever it is that's going on in their life that uh, they feel like they don't deserve mm-hmm. to have more or be better or be more. And I get that. There's times in my life when I felt that way too. Uh, but survival mode is meant to be temporary and where we truly thrive in life is when we're living as much as we can. And and you have kind of embodied that with your work. You know, you, you, you did what you had to do to survive and to, you know, bring the family through this time as you were, you know, growing and, and, and all that. But, but there would, that came that moment, that tap on the shoulder that said, um, when you're, you know, vacuuming crap out of a toilet, that was like the tap on the shoulder that said, uh, this is not what I want to be doing. Absolutely. I should be doing more. And and I don't know if that lit a fire under your feet in order to say, like, okay, I now I know it, it did actually. Actually, you said it did. It, you know, you you started helping people with uh, generators during the yep. uh, I don't know if that's Sandy or whatever storm that was. Yeah. Uh, but uh 
you know, you, and then you built your business and, and you haven't looked back since. So that was the time that you were working through uh, uh, a challenging and a very difficult struggle, yet you didn't let it stop you. And, no. Um, Josh, as you are, uh, as you're finding that your businesses are starting to expand, are you seeing that the challenges uh, that are coming your way, are they the same types of challenges that you faced when you were just starting out or have they, are they, is it just a new set of challenges that you're having to face? I think we're still having the same type of challenges. I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to connect with clients. I mean, we do have a great following now, but Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're always looking for new clients and customers and, and just, just my definition of a customer and a client, um, a customer is somebody more on a transaction business. It's a person that calls. We've never done business with them before. That to me is a customer, a client becomes a client after multiple times of them relying on us and and us relying right. on them and that's right. that's what becomes a client in my mind um and and a client essentially is a relationship a, yes. a customer is a, is a transaction um but i think we're still going through so, so a few years ago my biggest my biggest thing was to make a million dollars i wanted the the company to make a million dollars and and I met this this guy that was very good in business, and and he said, Josh, when you make a million dollars, then you're just going to want to make two million, uh-huh. and and then you're just going to want to make three million, uh-huh. and just because you make more money doesn't mean your bills will stay the same; they'll right. actually continue growing. Right, and it and it's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you know, we, we all whether people. Uh, whether people admit it or not, especially in the trades, you know, we do struggle. We're struggling with money right. or, or paying yeah. the bills yeah. or, or collecting money, right. uh, which is a whole, you know, a whole nother podcast again. But, sure. you know, it's, um, I think we still do go through the same struggles. I mean, now, mm-hmm. you know, I started by myself and then in a couple of months had one other employee. Well, now we have 16 employees. Yeah. So that's a whole nother aspect. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm an electrician by trade. I don't yeah. know how to run an office. Sure. Um, you know, we've got a bigger building now. Right. But that's how you, but that's when you build your team. Exactly. And we can't do this alone. No, um, it's nobody one of those can. Things that, and it doesn't matter what it is that we're dealing with in life. Uh, I've had a team of people that have, uh, whether it's friends and family that have helped me navigate the loss of Zoe four years ago. Yeah. And, and without them, I would probably not be standing. It isn't just us, but when we have that team of people, whether it is an employee base or whether it's a friend and family base, I mean, you have a team at home, you know, Absolutely. your family is your team. And, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's trust inside of that team. Um, but I feel that, uh, as we are, uh, you know, as we grow as business people, as we, as we grow as family members, that it's not just necessarily the expansion of, of a team from a business perspective. It is a personal team and trust building that extends out to your client base. Yes. You're always going to have customers. There's going to be people that just don't want to interact with you. Um, or they're not going to want to understand your history, your story. Um, but there will be those that will, that will continue those long-term relationships that are going to be so key 
for not only your business to continue, but also for your teams to grow. Absolutely. And then when you bring a new team member in and they are seeing the vision that you are sharing with them about where you're going and what you're doing, uh, then they want to do everything that they can to help you build that. Yeah. And it's not yeah. because you're over them. It's that the fact that they just believe in the same vision that you do. And and I'm, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'd love to get your take on this, is when you are building your team, it's not about just filling seats, right? It's right. about bringing the right people in to your company because you want them to be your voice when they're on site at a customer's house well, or they a client's ha- house. Yeah, they have to be. I mean, everyone, you know, still asks for me to to go out to the jobs and unfortunately I can't, but mm-hmm. you know, you you've got to have a team that's a, essentially an extension of yourself. You're going to have people that you trust to do the work that that you would have done. Right. You know, and and I love all my team members. I mean, every one of them, they've got strengths and they've got weaknesses same yeah. as I. Sure. You know, and and I rely on them just as much as they rely on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it works together. Together. And and yeah. and you said it, you know, the the team of family and friends that you had had around you with Zoe, yeah. you you couldn't do it on your own. No. You you have to depend on yeah. on people sometimes, mm-hmm. and and you've got to have that trust in them. Yeah. You've you've got to be vulnerable. You've yeah. you've got to be open to them, and yeah. and you need people like that around yeah. you. I agree, and and uh, it's interesting that at the talk I gave at the school last week, uh, the last thing I left them with is that we're all in this together, but we're going to get through it together. We we all have the the same goal to kind of either better our lives, uh, make connections, even though we we uh, we are still working on that as uh, family members, as business owners, um, as people that work with clients or customers. It is about a relationship, and it's something that I think we all are always going to learn. Yes, you know, I'm working I'm working on that now uh, as. As uh, people get to know more about Zoe's story through reading the book uh, or through, um, uh, you know, me giving talks, it's it's I want to make that connection with them uh, because it's it is about building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just have somebody say, hey, thanks. Where can I find this and see you later? Exactly. You know, because I think at every point in our lifetime, it's an element of the human condition that we are going to be faced with deep struggle at some point in our life. Yeah. Uh, but we do that even when we're like, think about this when we were <laughs> six months old and we're trying to get up and walk. You know, uh, uh, our brains are not uh, are not uh, fully formed enough to understand that that okay, if I stand up and fall down, that I'm just going to stay down here on the ground. No, no, we we babies try and they try again. They'll fall on their butts. Now, granted, they have a little more cushioning, but <laughs> you know they try and they try and try until they actually can stand up, and they still can't even say a word. So we're instinctually and and wired to to fight to carry on Absolutely. to get back up when we do fall down. Yeah, yep. and 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 in business, the same thing can happen. I mean, your business could have gone another way. Even though you said to yourself, I'm there's no other option but to make this work, I'm I can guarantee you that there's been some challenges yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that you've had to work through to get you to where you are today. Yeah. But if anything, they've made you stronger. Absolutely. They've made Absolutely. you stronger. And they sucked when it was happening, but you, yeah. you look back on it now and it's yeah. like, wow, I'm glad I went through that because yeah. now I know what to do next time. Right. You know, whatever else happens. Absolutely. I think one thing you and I were talking about a little bit earlier, too, was that, uh, um, you know, we we were asking ourselves, how can we bridge 
that gap between contractor and homeowner. Mm-hmm. And because I, I just, there's so many benefits that, that are there on both sides. Absolutely. And, and what's one way that you feel that we can actually start to make that, that, uh, to bridge that gap? Well, I'll just give you a, a quick little story of what I do for, for new customers, even existing clients. Um, when I go to their house for an estimate, I don't park in the driveway. I park on the side of the road because I think it's out of respect for them if they had to leave or what if my truck leaked oil or whatever it may be. So Mm -hmm. I park on the road. Then when I get up to the door, I don't ring the doorbell. And for two reasons, babies and dogs. I don't want the dogs to bark to wake up the babies and I don't (laughs) want the doorbell to wake up the babies. So I I knock. Um, And then when they answer the door, I shake their hand, I look them in their eye and and I... um, I ask them if they want boots on or boots off. And that right there is a form of respect that this isn't just a house. This is your home. You know, I'm being invited in as a guest, as a complete stranger (laughs) that you might not even have talked to on the phone before. It's just I show up in a truck and I'm going to barge right into your house. So I think at that point for me, I, I need to know more about you and, and and why you're doing it. And I ask some pretty open-ended questions where somebody might say, oh, can I get a ceiling fan installed here? Mm-hmm. Well, why do you want a ceiling fan? Mm-hmm. What are you going to put in here? Is it going to be a kid's bedroom? Is it going right. to be your bedroom? Right. Are you going to watch TV? Right. I don't want to just put a ceiling fan in because don't take me wrong, but just because you want one. Maybe sure. it's not the best fit for that room. Uh-huh. Or maybe you wanted recess lights in a certain room in a certain way. Well, right. maybe that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, just just trusting in me that that I'm the professional that I know where things should go and I I listen to the customer and what their needs and wants are, sure. but maybe certain things won't work in sure. that room right. or for that reason. Right. And and just having them learn a little bit more about me and the mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. and and what I do because like I said in the beginning, Every licensed electrician can install outlets, switches, sure. and lights. Right. But what makes us different? Yeah. Why Why call us? Right. You could open the phone book and found 12 different contractors right. there. Why call us? And not to go off subject, but most of the time is because we answer the phone. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, right. that's the reason we answer. Yeah. So communication. Communication yeah. is huge, yeah. you know, and, and just... You know, again, then I find out a little bit more about the homeowner and try to get their story a little bit. I mean, yeah. sometimes you only have 20 minutes. Yeah. But if if someone's going to spend whatever it may be, $1,500, $2,000 with somebody, yeah. uh, you've got to make that connection because right. otherwise they'll just go on to the next person. Right, right. You know, so for me, I want to make that connection so I get the, I get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, I want them to feel comfortable spending that money with me and yeah. knowing where that money's going and, and what they're going to get out of it. Right, right. Because I put myself in their shoes a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a plumber. So if I got to hire a plumber, I, I want to know the same thing. You know, right, I, right. you know, where's the money going, what it's going to do right. and, and, you know, try to build that trust, like you said, but yeah. it's just, it sometimes is difficult. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it is to, in, in that 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever sure. it is, right. you know? Well, you said something a little earlier that was cool is that, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, a customer is somebody that deals with, you deal with quickly and once and, and that's it. You're never talking to them again, but a client is somebody that you, build a relationship with and it lasts over a lot of time. Yeah. 
because uh, there's mutual benefits on both sides there or benefits on both sides. Um, and I think from a homeowner's perspective, you know, a, a way that we can bridge gaps with contractors is to, is to, um, you know, make sure that we're communicating our needs effectively, maybe even giving a small story about, you know, uh, the house or what it is that we want to do and why to help you out and not be focused just on the dollar amount. You know, we're not dogs and we don't approach each other with our hackles up when we're dealing with contract. That's not the way that anything can really get be done effectively. Absolutely. As things will get missed and the, the, the tension in the room is so high that there's no connection. And then, it, so I'd rather go the other way. I want to go the other way. I want to know more about, uh, you know, Josh's background. I can tell you right now that if I ever need any electrical work, I'm calling this dude. I don't care if he's 10 towns away. You know, I want to bring him in because I know more about his, his, uh, you know, what the stuff he's been through in life. And, and I can relate to that. I can locate myself in the stories that he tells. Yeah. So I just want to do business with somebody that I have a relationship with in that regard, because I will feel more trust. I will feel enough trust that I don't have to be here if Josh's people need to come into my home and do some work. I would love to get the house keys again, like like one of our companies. I mean, I was blown away by, by how many house keys and what they were labeled. And it was just unbelievable um, because in the last couple of years, I've probably only gotten three, four house keys, wow. but you've got to give them back. And these ones were, were for keeps. And it was like, wow, wow what a different different society different trust mechanism back then yeah. i mean it was just mm. unbelievable yeah you know and it's it, it also speaks to the 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 quality of that business that you did purchase uh you know that you had so many sets of keys in that drawer that that they i, I don't think they were trophies necessarily for that person because they weren't no. thinking about that time it was just a matter of doing business that if you know if you've had three sets of keys you know, given to you that, uh, you know, that, that there's work on both sides to kind of bring it back together and, uh, you know, and, and navigate your way through those challenges as Absolutely. a business owner and as a homeowner. Josh, I really want to thank you for being a part of this podcast no, today. thank you. Uh, I feel like we could talk for another three, four hours. So <laughs> I think we should do another episode here uh, as time goes by. But um, uh, I want to thank you. And uh, I want to thank you for taking the time and, and helping us understand what it means to be a contractor and to deal with struggle and, and even resilience that you've, uh, that you've built over the years. So thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Get Up 8 podcast. My name is Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to go to erichodgson.com where you can find great free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, be sure to check out my upcoming event in Boston this June, Get Up Bait Live. And don't forget to pick up your copy of A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention.